Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a really personal topic today. Why don't you share it, Ange? We are going to share with you guys our biggest parenting Failures, mistakes, (laughs) the things that you want to avoid doing, if at all possible. Well, it's been 19 years and we're definitely not perfect. There's part of the reason why we're able to share wisdom is we've lived a little while. That's right. (laughs) And we've learned from our mistakes, but we also are both the type of, you know, there's two types of people in the world. There's those that learn from only the mistakes that they make, right? Mm -hmm. And they learn the hard way, as we like to call it, and those that can learn from other people's mistakes. And we've always tried to be the type of people that can learn from other people's mistakes. And that being said, the best advice I've ever gotten from mentors has always been the mistakes that they've shared with me. So I know what to avoid. It's so true. You learn way more from thinking about the mistakes you've made Mm -hmm. than about your successes. Although you can learn from both. I recently had to put a failure Mm -hmm. resume together. And that was just really enlightening about my business life over my entire life. Yeah. Business and what I've failed in. I I can look back and go, wow, I gained a lot of wisdom from Mm -hmm. that. And it's the same is true for parenting. Mm-hmm. That was actually an interesting project that you were doing because yeah. you were meeting with some other entrepreneurs in the the area that we live in, mm-hmm. and he was working on his failure resume. And I'm like, why would you want to focus on your failures? But it ended up being such a really cool exercise, and you even shared it with me, and I was able to give insight and things that I saw that you had, and then we could go even deeper, right? It's so it was really important. Yeah. So that's yeah. our hope is that you can glean wisdom from our mistakes. But there's another goal is to stir your thinking about learning from your own. That's right. And really thinking, be mm-hmm. introspective and being mm-hmm. super honest. So we hope encourage you even to say a prayer to yourself right now. Help me to be introspective and honest about how I'm doing as a parent, not in a way to discourage you, but a way to learn from it. And I think that the key with that is that we have to have a teachable heart, right? We've talked about this in other podcasts. And if we want our kids to have teachable hearts, they need to see us having that. And when we're willing to be humble enough to say, hey, I screwed up, Mm -hmm. that's a sign that we have a teachable heart. Oh, absolutely. And right before we dive in, I do want to let you know of the free workshop. It is absolutely a hit. People are loving it. We thought, what can we put together that would give massive value to people that Mm -hmm. would be completely free? We definitely have things we charge for. You have to, right? This is how we actually pay for food and everything. Right. How (laughs) how our family of 10 survives. (laughs) So is doing the ministry, the podcast and other things. But we truly believe to impact 1 million families, you have to have the right combination of free and things that people can buy and so forth. So we want everybody to be impacted. That's our heart's desire. Yeah. And so there's something there. Now, 
Uh, you can go to the notes of this episode. I'll also put it in the description of this episode, wherever you listen. But if you go to courageousparenting.com, hit podcast, it'll be in the show notes. And there's also a lot of other cool things there too, right, honey? Yeah. So we've got a lot of other resources. As you go through the different episodes, you'll see lots of links to free things on courageousmom.com. Um, but we also have the Christian postpartum course, um, redeeming childbirth, the other motherhood, tiny course, things like that. There's a lot of stuff that we have. So absolutely. So let's dive in. Okay. So when do you start? Well, I right away <laughs> knew the first thing that I needed to share when we decided to cover this. You're topic. so brave to go first. Well, yeah, I'm going to go with the heavy hitting <laughs> one first. We're we're not going to save the best for last in this, in, in my opinion. What is it? It is not being a good listener. Mm. That I think is one of the hands down most important qualities mm. of a mom or a dad Yes, is the ability to listen to your kids. Mm. And one of the things... So first of all, I'll just share a little personal test um, testimony or story per se about how this came about. This um, I went to college to be a counselor, a family counselor. So I kind of took pride on my listening skills and my communication skills and my mediation skills. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I was constantly talking about, oh, you need to have acknowledgement responses and this and that, which you know what? The reality is, is when you're a mom, especially of little kids, right? Like little kids interrupt all the time and you're trying to train them in how to be polite and you're correcting them. Sometimes micromanaging certain personalities on certain tasks, you're managing your home, you're delegating, you're doing all these things. And when you do it every single day, all day long, for many years, you actually develop habits you can get as a person almost calloused in some ways well yeah i would say that it's kind of like you know when you're in a car and you're going down the same path and you create those ruts right and so you know a lot of people want to be better at being a teacher and be better at delegating be better at multitasking be better at home management and that was actually what i needed to get better at mm. when i was first a mom and so i was i really engaged and i read a lot of books about productivity and getting things done. And what I learned the hard way was that what my kids really needed most from me was to know that I just loved being around them. And that I, when it came to discussions, I wasn't going to do all the talking and all the teaching and all the lecturing. It's not just time we spend with our kids, but it's how we spend the time with our kids. Right. And are we listening? Yeah. And so for me, I would say that because, um, you know, I had, I had, there were times in my parenting where I would talk to certain kids and I'd say, hey, how can I be a better mom? Which, by the way, is a super scary question. Um, be prepared to have a humble heart if you ask that question, because that can be a really hard one. But it's the best question to ask mm -hmm. because you, we all have blind spots, yeah. you know, and um, our kids need to see that we are teachable and that we want to grow also. But, um, you know, as years went on, I made the most mistakes with our firstborn. I think everybody does that. Even when you hear that, you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that. That was totally me. I had that pride as a young mom. And I, I was a good mom, but mm -hmm. I, I would lecture the kids for 45 minutes if they lied to me. And because I, I just was so concerned for their soul and their character. And you had a bigger picture mindset. And I would say sometimes that was appropriate. 
Yeah, and sometimes it was, but I, you know me, and so like for me, I I took their sin really personal when they were younger. When I was younger, I took it took it so personally that I would just be like, "Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it?" And I would be talking and talking and talking and not listening to them enough, not asking enough questions. As I've gotten older, I've gotten better at asking the kids questions. How could you have done that better? How could have you how could you have talked to your sister in mm-hmm. a more respectful way versus telling them what they should have done? It's powerful questions are powerful because they own it when they're giving the answers. When we give the answers, it's harder for human beings to actually own something. Right. So that's really powerful. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, this listening one is really a huge one. Um, as you know, because you were there with when our oldest daughter was, I was in conflict with her a few years ago. And um, it came to my attention. She just said, Mom, you don't listen. You're interrupting me. And I, I when it was in the heat of an argument with her, and I really struggled to hear that. I could not admit that that was what was going on because mm. I felt so disrespected at that moment. And, mm. and I, um, I broke, it was really hard. And I had to realize that and take ownership for my part mm-hmm. in what was the reality of that, um, relationship, that brokenness that was there in that relationship, that offense. Yeah. And, um, of course we reconciled and oh, we're yeah. very close today, but I, I I wish that other moms who, because I know that many of us have struggled with this. Mm-hmm. I would say most moms probably struggle with listening to their kids. I think everybody struggles with that at one time or another. Yeah. But I, I do think, though, that there's a lack of women being willing to say, this is where I screwed up and this is what it can cost you. Yeah. And so that this is my biggest warning to parents is that you need to take time to listen to your kids and to really value them. And you need to become a good question asker and to teach your kids to become good question askers because this is about leaving a legacy, yeah. right? And we want them to be able to have good communication skills so that they have a good, strong marriage. We want them to have good relationships with their kids. We don't want to pass on a legacy of not being able to listen. And just because you know what they're going to say mm-hmm. doesn't mean you should stop them and start talking about something because mm-hmm. it's not about knowing what they're going to say. It's mm-hmm. about them feeling respected because they got to say what was important to them. Yeah. And that's building a powerful relationship. Totally. Yeah, I think that the the other aspect of this that I was kind of touching on before is that as moms, we can we need to realize that we are training habits, and so if we're teaching, we're if we're trying to be a teacher, like as a homeschool mom, I was teaching, right? We can get into that mode so much that that becomes our habit, like uh, instead of like being able to have a communication mm. with our kids where you're not the teacher, <laughs> right? Yeah, and so that would be my challenge is to evaluate: Are you always in that teacher mode? Are you always in that mm. instructor mode, delegate mode, command mode? And if you are, you need to shift yep. to friendship mode often, and vice versa. If you're always in listening and question asking mode, you might need to shift, shift into to teacher mode. Teacher mode. Correct. There's a balance, yeah. so it's right. really important. In James one nineteen, is I love the scripture. It says, "So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow." To speak, speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We have read that to our kids many times. Mm -hmm. But in this case, 
we as parents need to read it for ourselves. Yeah. Now, I know the question that I'm going to get from moms after they listen to the podcast. Yeah. It's going to be, but how do you do that? <laughs> and so I would urge you, I have this scripture passage memorized. And so that is the first step. I think that you need to memorize this scripture, meditate on it, mm-hmm. repent of your sin. For sure, if you've offended your kids, go to them and apologize, repent, and literally choose not to do it anymore. Like I I do struggle sometimes with interrupting when I feel like the kids just, we just need to get to the point. Um, but I, ca- I catch myself more often now and I'm trying harder now that I'm aware that that's something that... Um, was hurtful in that relationship. There's a motivator when you have love. Absolutely. As your motivator. Yeah, no, it's so important. All of us have things to work on. One of the things for me, a big, powerful lesson uh, that I learned later was not leading spiritually early on with our first children. And it was very easy to look at how well my wife was doing and it was in a very ambitious time where I was building my career. I was in something that, you know, entrepreneurially took a lot of my time. I was tired after work and these kinds of things. And I was an intentional dad, but, and I wouldn't say I never taught scripture because I definitely did, but nowhere near to the level where I needed to be when the kids were really young. And one of the false beliefs I had, and I think a lot of dads have, is I will dig in more with them in spiritual leadership once I get my thing going, plus once they remember what I teach them. And everybody thinks that it's a different age, right? Right. Like some people think, oh, my kids aren't going to remember till they're teenagers. Other people might think, oh, when they're eight or when they're walking and talking or whatever. Yeah. But the reality is that relationship needs to be cultivated when they're young. And I'm so glad that the habit of not leading spiritually was broken But unfortunately, habits are hard to break for a lot of people. And whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing now, if your kid's really young, is likely what you're going to continue doing even when your Mm -hmm. ambitions change for work because we're developing habits as dads. And you know what? Even if they don't remember something, they're being formed by your leadership. And I used to think too that, oh, my wife's so good at it. I mean, you're great. Like women will rise up if we don't. And it's, and, it's the, and it's and, fun. And we're not saying that like women shouldn't be. Not I still am teaching the kids during the day. It's, it's just, just different. They need both voices. Literally yes. both voices could say the same exact thing, but it'll have, I believe, triple the impact, not double the impact, triple the impact to yeah. become one flesh that was probably set at your wedding. But that the power of the teamwork of two becoming one is a much bigger impact on your it kids. It reminds me of the, the old analogy of one horse pulling a, a cart versus yeah. two together, right? Yeah, it doesn't just double. It massively improves the uh, the, the ability to pull. So mm-hmm. that's you have a scripture on this. Yes. Side. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, it says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood, You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So your children will grow up looking at Mm -hmm. you dads as the spiritual leader of the home, or they won't. And if they don't grow up at a young age looking at you as the spiritual leader, Mm -hmm. they will look elsewhere for leadership, even if it's not spiritual. 
Mm-hmm. So they'll look to the coaches, they'll respect the coaches more than you, they'll respect the youth pastor, the pastor more than you, the teachers at school, and you will lose influence and not be able to influence when you wake up. I think the big question that moms and dads both need to ask is, do you want your kids to come and ask you questions about spiritual things when they're older? Mm-hmm. Because if you do, you have to... um Create the kind of relationship with your kid where they view you as an authority of the word of God. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not going to come to you. Yep. And you and, and you you want them to ha- hear the same thing that you're teaching them from other people. So having the youth pastor sharing things or the pastor or even one of your own buddies, right? Yeah. It's additive. Oh, it's But they it's first good. should want to hear from us. And that's one of the things I've been so encouraged by with our older kids is that they come to us frequently for advice um, regarding friendships and different things like that because they know they're going to get a biblical perspective. And, and that should be encouraging to you. If you haven't been doing it, it's never too late to start and you can make mm-hmm. a massive difference. Words from parents' mouths have the biggest impact on kids versus anybody else saying the same words. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes in leadership, I learned this in business actually, in leadership, mm-hmm. you will say things and sometimes people, it feels like nobody, it is. it's not impacting anybody, but it actually does and with your kids even more so. And leaders need to speak certain truths into existence, whether they're getting good feedback or not. Yeah. You never stop. That's true. Well, the the next one that I'm going to share a little bit about is, um, it's, it's one that maybe many of you can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> Being too busy outside the home when I had our first three kids. Mm. And that was a big mistake. Um, and, and the reason why I call it a big mistake is that um, I just did not know what I was doing with those first few years mm. as a mom. And I had mentors, but, you know, and I was reading as many books as I could find on motherhood back then. Um, and for me, that meant like reading uh Elizabeth George and Elizabeth Elliot and some really good books. Mm. But um, I, because I had a passion for ministry, I got really addicted to ministering mm. to people. And I volunteered for so many ministries that it was almost like I was doing a part-time job. Yeah. Were you ministering to three-year-olds? Well, that's the thing is that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had, we had our Kids, no, outside right? of the home. Oh, no, they no, were adults they because were adults. they're exciting to talk to. I know it was. So this is the thing, you guys, I actually share about this in a whole story. I'm not going to go into great detail here because we don't have enough time. But um, I do have a blog post where I share my heart on this issue. There was a day when I actually walked away from four ministries in one day yeah. so that I could focus on my family. And um, there was nothing wrong with our family, but no. I was warned by an older woman I was listening to. Here we go. This will age me. A cassette tape. <laughs> I was listening to a cassette tape in our minivan driving back from serving at the church. And I had two kids sleeping in the car and a screaming six-week-old yeah. that needed a nurse. And I pulled over and I was listening to this cassette tape. And she was talking about seasons in a woman's life and how it, how when they're young, they need structure and these different things. And I'm literally looking at my kids and I'm like, what am I doing? And I sat there while I was listening to her and I counted up and it was like nine hours worth of driving every week for ministry plus the like six hours 
that they were in the church nursery. Calling them around, breaking their schedules. Breaking their schedules. They weren't eating at home. They were eating on weird schedules. Then their naps were off. And then they were cranky and getting disciplined differently because they were crankier. I wasn't setting them up for success. I was setting them up for failure and still requiring myself to do the discipling and the disciplining that the Bible was teaching me to do. And it just wasn't working. So how did you realize you were being selfish, if I could use that word? Yeah. Well, for me, it was selfish because I realized that I was expecting my kids to um, revolve around my schedule and my what I wanted. Now, I'm not an advocate for a child run home. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think that when it's um, completely run on your schedule and your desire and your wants, then Mm -hmm. it's too far the other way. We talk a lot about being a pendulum, not being a pendulum swinger Mm -hmm. in the podcast. And this is one area where I think that when we have young kids, we need to be aware that we don't want a parent run schedule in a sense where there's selfishness and like, this is my time and my way and my way or the highway. But at the same time, we don't want it to be a child run, yeah, a, you know, schedule. And so for me, I had to find that, I had to find that middle road, not being extreme and like going into full-time ministry because I had a vision for the legacy that I wanted. And I knew that it was going to call me to be at home with them in order to get to that place yeah and so so for others it might not be ministry but it could be something else it could be several other things you could be just trying to do things to get out of the house and get away from the kids and you have to look at your heart if these are all good things like ministry working out even work there are things like and i'm not saying not to do those things right because we should be able to do those things however I think that we need to be really aware of the season of life that we're in and be willing to ask ourselves, okay, is this what's best for the whole family right now? Because when I look at servant leadership in the Bible, I don't see selfishness. I see selflessness. A thought just came in my mind. I, I kind of believe that if you would have gone down that path, we probably wouldn't have so many kids. Oh, for sure. No, huh? It would have been too hard. And I I know we wouldn't have done a lot of things. Like, I wouldn't have homeschooled. Because the thought might have come in your mind of, well, I won't be able to do this anymore if we have Mm -hmm. five kids. Right. Well, and I, so I'm just going to be really honest. And this isn't how it is for everybody, you guys. I'm just sharing my heart and what I struggled with. And for me, what I struggled with was that I loved leading ministries. Mm -hmm. I loved being able to relate to other women and talk to other adults. And and there's nothing wrong with loving that. Nothing wrong with having a heart to love other women. But I found myself becoming dissatisfied and discontent when I was at home and craving more and more and more of that and having a harder time saying no. And so that for me was when there was a red flag. It was like just leading one thing mm. wasn't enough. And it, and it almost became more about me than it was about God. And so that's when I like stepped out right away and was like, no, I need to be fully satisfied. I need to be fully content at home. And this was, I mean, our four, our 14-year-old now was six weeks old at the time. Yeah. And I stepped out for a very many years. 
many yeah, years yeah. and waited. And I, I also felt like you and I had grown, were growing more distant the more involved I became in ministry because you were working hard as an entrepreneur and we weren't doing it together. There wasn't that same teamwork kind of atmosphere that we had in our home. Even when you were working hard, I was helping because we saw that as our ministry. Yeah. I think it, what, what I think I heard is when your heart starts to change because of the activity, that's yeah. the red flag. Yeah. And the activity is not necessarily bad. No. And so the, that goes with the scripture too, which is Luke 12, 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we just have to do a check on where is our treasure? Totally. Is it yeah. actually in a vision for raising a legacy and raising our kids yeah. and a love for our kids. And I think that Or even, is it getting captured elsewhere? Right, exactly. And I, I think that's a good question to ask for other people. A good question to ask on the other side of the pendulum might be, have I made my family an idol? Oh, yeah. Because you can go too far that direction also, that's which bad. is a whole yeah. nother podcast in and of itself. We'll do one just on that. Well, yeah. But I do want to just say, so there is a little bit of balance in that. Like for me, how I have maintained maintained a balance is that I have my first priority is my marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course the Lord and then my marriage and then my family. Yeah. And then beyond that is ministry. And so I always have an open door policy. I'll welcome anyone in. Mm -hmm. I'm not too busy to meet with women in our church, but at the same time I can say no and I have boundaries and I'm not doing things that cause me to sacrifice the things that are the most important. I really believe that if God calls us to do a certain ministry, it's actually going to enhance our family, not family life. Not that there aren't going to be challenges or spiritual warfare that might attack us to try to prevent us from doing it, but it will enhance our family life. Kind of like how this podcast yeah. has enhanced our family life. Now, I know you're about to share about something about disobedience, but before we do, I want to share about the Parenting Mentor Program, but instead of us talking too much about it, I'm going to let you hear from people that have already gone through it and it's transformed their parenting. We are just amazed, mm -hmm. though, of the it's transformative awesome. power that God is doing through this program. And it literally is packed with scripture. It's the biblical parenting program. And we figured out how to take all of our experience, all mm -hmm. the Bible reading we've done and leadership books and parenting books and all mm -hmm. of this and our experience over 19 years raising mm -hmm. eight kids. And we're still and in it. So it's really a lie for us right it. now. And how yeah. do we package this in in a way where people can have it in an affordable way? Because we get so many people asking us questions. Yeah. We're like, how do we get this out there? Like, I can't just text you back or Instagram message you back on a big There's topic no like disobedience. There's no simple answer on yeah. some of these things. There's actually yeah. 10 steps to, to, know, discipline. to discipline that's discipline. Yep. in the Parenting Mentor Program. Yeah. And so it's part uh, self-paced. It's part live uh, through online. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's part community. You should check it out at mm -hmm. CourageousParenting.com. There's a link um, to in this um, that you'll find. So We would just love for you to join us. We've just yeah. enjoyed getting to know these couples on a more personal level also so yeah, it's, it's been, been really cool. cool so listen here uh from the fallens hi we're the fallens i'm steve i'm julianne i'm amelia age seven and i'm age four in 2019 steve and i realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children we were lacking discipline and self-control and needed a change and the courageous parenting mentor program was god's answer to that god is the foundation of the teachings that the program provides, and it has really given us the encouragement to be bold and to persevere through the struggles 
of parenting in today's world. Wow. I just so appreciate what they share mm-hmm. about us and what's happening with this. So it's very, very cool. Um, why don't you dive into the next thought here? So another sin that I struggled with, and I, I call it my own sin mm. because um, the Bible says parents, it says fathers, be careful. Colossians 3 and in Ephesians 6, it says that we are not to provoke our children to wrath Mm -hmm. lest they become discouraged or whatnot, right? And so I struggled with that in a sense because I would, when my child would struggle with a particular sin, there were times when I would let it really get to me and I would get angry. Yeah, I never disciplined in anger, but I would get angry and I would shout or yell those first couple years. I really struggled with that, with just like rolling my eyes even and then wow, they going. they did something to me. Right. Yeah. And I just took a personal offense to it. And, it, you know, part of it was that I was so emotionally connected to my kid and I knew that sin separates them from God, but it also sep- it's like separates them from me if it's a sin against me. Right. Mm. But. So I was very concerned about their heart condition and all of that, which is totally makes sense when you understand the gospel. But I wasn't, I wasn't reacting biblically for those, like not every single time. And the, I'm not saying every time, but there were those times where I would get really, really upset. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that for me is like one of the first things that I warn moms on because motherhood is sanctifying. Mm. It is hard being with, only little kids for long periods of time, day after day after day. And, you know, you you do need to keep your sanity. You need to remember that this is a long game. We've said yeah. this many times. Um, but also, you have to have a different perspective when your kids disobey. And you have to realize that they're first actually disobeying God. And that needs to be so important to you that you realize that it's it's not personal. They're human. And it's, and it's hard to point them to God if you're sinning in the yeah. process yourself by yelling. You can't. You can't. <laughs> and, you know, for me, like, we were trying to figure out how discipline looked way back then. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, I would just say, go to your room or, you know, and, and I – and there were times where I thought the best thing in this situation is if I give myself a timeout. And so I would give them a timeout and I'd give myself a timeout. And yeah, sometimes you do have to do that. But um, I would say that things really changed for me once I had a different perspective on my kids' sin and I actually viewed them biblically. Yeah, And um, that's one of the things that we talk about in the parenting program is having a biblical view of your child and what that looks like. Because if they're disobeying you, who are they actually disobeying? They're disobeying God because the Bible says, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Yeah, And so if they're disobeying you, it's not only do they need to reconcile with you and how do they do that if you're going out the deep end? But they mm-hmm. need to you need to lead them in prayer to reconcile with God. And there's a little more to it, but yeah, that's, that should give you some it, yeah. tips to help you right there. Now, the next one is, I will share real quickly is not owning parenting early on. I kind of alluded to that early on because I was very ambitious in entrepreneurship and so forth, but also did see the value and importance in the home and had vision for parenting and so forth, but I didn't quite know how to apply myself because I never saw it modeled. I did have a good mentor, but... Um, you know, I just wish I would have 
owned it in a bigger way early on. You were very ambitious when we were first married and yeah. like you had that drive for making your business something bigger. And I, I mean, you're a visionary. And so I remember you even sharing with me, if I work hard now, then I won't have to work as hard when the kids are teenagers, when it really matters. Right. Like I remember you saying those words. And I know how to say all the right things and I know how to have vision. But and we I, both thought that way. Yeah. We both thought, oh, well, yeah, it makes sense that if we, when we want dad to be most involved is when they're teenagers, because the culture says the teenage years are so hard. But the reality is, is the teenage years are not as hard if you commit to the younger it's years. Ca- it's counterintuitive. <laughs> you commit to the younger years. Now, by the grace of God, it's all worked out really well. And I did shift in gear, you know, early enough. Before we really but, hit the teenage years. Yeah. But, you know, it's so important to dig in early, guys. Mm-hmm. And with the little time you have, it's okay to work hard. That's great. But mm-hmm. with the little time you have, make it count and be involved. Now, the next one I think is really important for us to talk about is finding deep church fellowship. We wish we would have done that better when we were younger. And it's not that we yeah. weren't trying, right? No, we were trying. And um, we love the churches that we were a part of. Yeah. And we have great relationships with people since having been there. Um, but for us, we always struggled with like really finding like-minded community. And we were blessed to find a few here and there along yeah, the road that, we're still, friends that with. we're still really close with today. And we're so thankful for those friendships. But I think that if we would have known that it's not something you find, it's something you cultivate, yeah. that would have helped us. And this was not, um, it, I don't know if it is categorized as a mistake or a failure. It's just, we're all on this journey of figuring out what biblical community is supposed to work yeah, and look well, like. Well, t- I didn't know how to get really real with other guys and how right. to cultivate the kind of relationship where we share anything with each other and we hold each other accountable and they have permission to speak into my life and I have permission to speak into their life. That was yeah. really hard. I didn't know how to cultivate that. Yeah. And so we had tried a few times, or at least I had. I feel mm-hmm. like I had deeper relationships with women um, before we moved you know, here. Yeah. Um, but you always struggled with get, getting closer to guys on that really spiritual deeper level yeah right and also in a level where it's like you're willing to sharpen one another and challenge one another which is the next one that we were going to talk about these two kind of go together yeah the other thing that we really wish that we would have known back then is that you have to be really careful about your friendship choices as parents you do and um we did set boundaries and we did kind of like you know pull away from certain friendships um along the road for sure but and we were pretty wise about choosing friends um but i will say that like there were times looking back where it's like wow we really probably should have seen those signs earlier and we should have pulled back way sooner oh yeah i mean if if um you got to be able to sharpen each other it says it right here in proverbs 27 17 you've heard this before but that's where it is if you want to find it is iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend that is real friendship is when you're able to sharpen each other it's not that you're looking for perfect people to hang out with it's do you are they willing to improve Mm -hmm. are you willing to improve and are you willing to help each other grow right and do you even talk about spiritual things or is it just about sports or is it just about business or is it just about surfacey things you know those would be marriage and family which are good things but where's the spiritual 
Is right. there spiritual conversations and accountability and real love for each other, biblical right. love? Right. And and what you're talking about too, the reason why these two go so hand in hand is that your friendship should actually be within your biblical community that you are going to church with. Yeah. And the reason why I say that, not that you can't have like close friends that don't go to your church, but the the thing is is that when you're walking with people in biblical community, then they're gonna like they're going to be knocking on your door if there's ever something that they're concerned about. Like for your friendships to be based upon, you know, having that mutual um, agreement that, hey, if you ever see sin in my life, yeah. please tell me. Yeah. You know what I mean? In First John 4, 1, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And some of those false prophets are your friends, per perhaps. And you have possibly. To be possibly. Some of those might be mm -hmm. people trying to speak wisdom into your life. You have to, I've always said this, is take very few opinions. But please do take the right few. Yeah. You do need to take opinions, but you have to make sure they're godly people and you have to test right. the Right. I mean, Proverbs says yeah. that we should seek wise counsel. Absolutely. But do we have wise counsel in our life? Like, do you have elders and pastors that you can go to and say, hey, thinking about starting this business, what do you think? Here are Essential. the financials. You know what I mean? Or, hey, I'm thinking about oh, yeah. closing this business. Like, that kind of stuff to, hey, um, my daughter is XYZ. Like you need to be able to go to somebody for yeah. advice, for wise counsel, instead of just relying on yourself. And we are to make judgments, aren't we, honey? Yeah. This is actually a passage of scripture that is often either eliminated from sermons that talk about judging <laughs> <laughs> or it's just a misinterpretation like people don't actually get that when you're in the church you're supposed to judge within the church yeah and so i'm just going to read this scripture and then we can talk about it this is in first corinthians chapter 5 verse 12 the entire thing says immorality must be judged okay so verse 12 says for what have i to do with judging those who also who are outside do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. So for sure, people that are not Christians, we are not to judge those people. Right. We're to show love to those people. Okay. It, and we are to show love to the people that are within the household of faith. Both. Above. Yeah. Both. But we do need to make judgments about the people we're walking in a spiritual way with. That's right. For the because we love them so much and we should be able to correct what we see and they should be able to correct what they see. That's right. And so that's actually one of our biggest tests. And this is something that we've been talking to our kids about and hopefully they feel like they've mo we've modeled that for them yeah. is that when you go to correct someone if they are not receptive, meaning they're not introspective, thoughtful about it. Mm -hmm. willing to admit that, of course, I'm human. Um, I yeah. could have a blind spot. I will consider that. Thank you for coming to me. If they can't say those kinds of words, if they can't be repentant yeah. and reconcile and turn from that sin and recognize, oh, wow, yeah, that's a glaring sign. I really need to fix that. Then they're probably not the type of friend that's going to be able to point out proper sin in your life and hold you accountable either. And, you know, we don't want to be hypocrites. Mm hmm so this is really, really an essential thing for when it comes to finding deep church fellowship, because you do have to judge. And what we are to judge is the fruit. Yeah. 
And if you don't have really good relationships with people and you see something, it might be harder to do that. But it, it might You're make right. you aware of, well, maybe mm-hmm. we should put some boundaries around that particular friendship. Because yeah. because we want to protect right. our kids. So for and example, if we're close with somebody, then we can share that. Yeah. So, Ideally, you'd be able to share it with everybody you're going to church with. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be great? But some, tr- some, when we get to some churches have 3,000 people, so. Yeah. But, you know, I, I do think, though, that this is a call for people to be in closer community with one another because yeah. you can't judge the fruit of a marriage, for example, and go, wow, I want to be friends with them. Like, I trust that they have a strong marriage and that and we want to be like running this parenting race peer to peer for the next 25 years in friendship together. Right. You can't judge that if you're not in close biblical community with each other to even be able to judge that. Right. And you want to be able to spend time with people where the trajectory of their marriage and the trajectory of their parenting and the fruit you see in their kids is going in a improving godly direction. Yeah. And so you can sharpen each other. And it's not that we're looking for perfect people to hang out with. That's furthest from the truth. None of us are. No. We're not either. We're looking for humble people to hang out humble with. Humble people that we can sharpen each other with. Right. And that we can wisdom. actually trust around our kids because we know Amen. since they're humble that if they see something in our kids, they'll come talk to us or they'll talk to our kids. So we hope this was helpful learning from our mistakes. And we hope yeah. it stirred you thinking about your own. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.